0: Infinity. 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 post-COVID Victoria you know what's the hangover you know do Victorians have PTSD the hardest lockdowns the longest lockdowns of any city in the world or Melbournians in particular
1: in do, you, do you think they have I, I honestly it's don't
0: it's very think hard to know think. because we're, we're inside it you know yeah. we're inside the bubble we're on the on the wrong side of the, uh, the ring of steel
1: I needed somebody to leave the day of the first day of lockdown and come back yeah. three years later, Yeah, you know, a bit like, well, geez, you put on a bit of weight, yeah. you know, a bit like you've, um, wow, because you don't notice it from the inside. No. You notice it from the inside until someone...
0: And there was a friend who went down to Tasmania, had moved down there anyway with work before the the lockdowns and Tasmania basically hardly had anything like the kids down there at school didn't have they didn't lose it they didn't miss a day of school apart from the very early on there was like a national lockdown you know but but after that when things sort of settled down they got contact tracing going and whatever um they had very little of the impact you know that that we felt in here Uh, and again you're right you've got to be you've got to be able to look at it from outside somehow or objectively but I mean, what do you think, how do you think Australia's changed? Do you think we've changed? Do you think we as a society have changed since, since COVID? Um, Are we back to where exactly normal? I mean, apart from the economic hangover and yeah, inflation th- and other... I think
1: it's funny. During COVID, um, I think we we're all conscious of everybody going through something t- together. So if you went to the supermarket you know and and
0: that was your social that was your social well, day out because You'd, you're allowed, you're allowed to. to you're
1: playing music and oh how good's this but you were courteous to people you know they things that irked you before you weren't too worried about mm. but i think we've gone back to being a little bit selfish now but the code which is bizarre because the covid numbers are still quite high Mm. we're just not aware of them mm. so we, we don't know who's suffering and who's not so now it's all every man for himself again whereas mm. back back during COVID I think or well, my experience was we were all a lot more polite to mm. each other and mm. a lot more generous um, yeah generous with each other and, and things like that whereas now I, I think we're slowly getting back to you
0: know bad habits up yours on you know yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's, I think there was, there was that sort of camaraderie um, among, you know, sort of people who lived within your 5Ks, yes. you got a bit closer to, and I mean, I, I and, and, and that was, that was a good thing, you know, that was, and you know, look, part of it was, you know, you weren't supposed to, but you'd, you'd wind up, oh, I'm ha- happy to be walking on the beach at the same time as you or I happen to be doing my, my um, exercise at the same time as you, you know, yeah. it was this sort of, but there was this, this camaraderie that, that we're all in this together and it is a and it's and it's a kind of a, a nasty moment in history. You know, this is it was we were well we were fed a good diet of, of sort of fear mongering by oh, authorities to yes. to get people to do what they did. I mean, I think it's it's astounding that that um, people were as compliant as they were, especially in a country like Australia where supposedly we're we're you know, we're we're free, we're a democracy, we're free, we're we're individualists, we think our own thoughts, we're not too influenced by um, the state, if you like, well, we were certainly during, during uh, the COVID, COVID pandemic, yeah. and and I, I wonder, you know, I've always I've had this conversation with a few people recently. Is you know why for a country like Australia, which prides itself on being independent minded and a bit and a bit rebellious and a bit naughty and a bit you know the yeah. lar- larrikin, whatever the laconic larrikin and Australian, where did all that go during COVID, and why were we prepared to put up with the longest lockdown of any? city on cumulative lockdown of any city on earth with that kind of background. I mean, you can understand it maybe in a, in a in a in an autocracy like China mm. um or in Russia or in another part of the world, but but not in Australia and yet we did. So, what 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 was going on there and and obviously we were we were definitely well scared and um and I think that a lot of that was over, you know, in hindsight, it it seems that that was overhyped you know that that the um well yeah, that we didn't necessarily need to need to be as locked down well, it must as, be as it, we it must have
1: been because when you look now at what we did then and you look now and the, I know we don't get the numbers now mm. but when we do get them they're still quite high mm. and the numbers in hospital and, and that sort of thing they're not, they're not quite what they were before mm. but the ratio of of numbers then and numbers now compared to the freedoms then and the freedoms now. Yeah. It's, it, you know, it's, we're, we, we're pretty much back to normal now, aren't we? And, yeah. and,
0: yeah, we've, and the, 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 the official reason is because we're vaccinated. So that was why we were allowed out of lockdown, at least in Melbourne, yeah. right? Because we got to the magic 70% and then they the, the started to wind back the, the lockdowns. Yeah. And yet now because the virus has changed so much that those, those, those um, vaccinations we had don't even work against new strains. It's no. like it's a different virus, and and that's why also that the figures aren't the official figures don't show the the real extent of it because no one's bothering to report it. And the rat tests, which a lot of people have or had, um, aren't working anymore because they no. they, were, they were tuned to pick up a different virus.
1: And the rat tests that were, um, you know, fifty dollars for ten, are now you know in the chemist at a quarter of the price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah. they still don't work and they still don't work So you get, false,
0: you get false false, negatives yeah
1: and and we're not you know it, it, I consciously I've got a cold or or test just because I'm meeting people all the time but mm. I don't have to anymore it's mm. not mm. you know it's not mm. a law well I it's think not, that
0: I mean maybe that's the thing that's come out of it is that people are a bit more I mean you're always conscious that if your kid was sick or if you were sick, it was a bit unfair to go to a function or go to work and spread it around or send your kid to school yeah. with just total sort of like, well, bad luck. It doesn't suit me to have the kid at home, so I'm sending him to school and come <clears throat> and mutter. So there's a bit more sensitivity about that, I think, that, that yeah. flows from that, that idea that, you know, I mean, I, I, had a false, I had a false negative, a couple of false negatives from um, the only time I had COVID actually, which was in February this year. I, t- I had, I thought I had something and I thought it was the flu and I, and I tested a couple of times and it came up negative. So I actually, uh, you know, I, I wasn't as careful around other people and I, th- I think I did pass it on, but completely un- unwittingly. And also uh, two things, one because the rat tests were giving me false negatives, but also because the symptoms, I just couldn't believe that, you know, in hindsight, when, when I was over, when I was better, which we probably talk about, two weeks total to be completely better. Yeah. Um, it was like, well, I'd had influenza last October coming back from Bali. Got it on the plane from these people sitting around me who were coughing their guts out. A whole family were, you know, sick as dogs. And I wore a mask when I still got it. I got myself PCR tested then because I wanted to get to the bottom of it before I did anything. And no, it's not, it's definitely not COVID, but it is influenza A. And that laid me much lower and I felt right, COVID did. much worse than I did with COVID in February. Yeah. Now, okay, the, the versions that are, the strains that are going around now are less dangerous. They're less getting into your lungs. They're not like Delta, which, which was a, you know, there was a, there was a nastier version of the virus. So I think that's, that's another reason why we're not hearing about it, about it as much because it's not as dangerous as it was. I think it's
1: interesting too that, um, you know, you quite openly say, oh yeah, I had COVID in February. When COVID first started to hit, you'd much rather admit that you had a sexually transmitted disease yeah. than you had COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No <laughs> one was talking about <laughs> that. Was That's right. About. Yeah. You know, like the the olden days in the early nineteen hundreds, where if, you know your daughter got pregnant, and you send her to her aunties, have the baby, and then bring her back. You know, you, why? Oh, why aren't you at work? Oh, that just you know poor oh, bit of mental health. You no. know, you, you never no. said. Oh, yeah. But, have, well, you know. well,
0: you know, there was a polio epidemic, which I was actually hearing about from my um, aunt, um, who's about to turn 90. And there was a polio epidemic back in when she was a child, so probably in the 1930s.
1: Yeah.
0: It was a serious disease. And, and, and then they eventually created a vaccine and they dealt with it that way. But it, was, it really did cause a lot, a lot, you know, like it was a dangerous and nasty disease. There was no cure. And so the, the government said, okay, well, look, the best advice is just you know, isolate if you can, isolate. But there was no insistence on it. No, there was no. no sort of like you can't go to work and, and you're going to be in trouble if you do go to work. Or, if, or as a business, you're in trouble if you operate because we've said you can't. But people did isolate. And I think my, my mother and aunt you know, as, as children um, spent, I think, about a year at home. Wow. Well, a year in isolation. I think it was probably about six months at home in Melbourne. And then they had a rally with a property up in New South Wales or something. And they went up and, and spent some time up there because it was considered safe as well. But I suppose the, the big difference, maybe not as contagious as, as COVID. I think that was one of the real hallmarks of COVID was it was very contagious. But probably polio was more dangerous in, in terms of if, oh, you, for sure. if you got it, it, it was the, the ramifications, yeah, the ramifications, ramifications yeah, were yeah, yeah, pretty severe. I mean, so so interesting, you know that there was it just wasn't considered, uh, and I don't think I think it was the same around the world. It wasn't considered, you know, even an option to actually impose lockdowns on people in response to it. I wonder
1: if it would have come out now, or you know, last five years polio became a thing it had never been it, it around is, before. It is coming out again. It, it is. It coming is re-emerging. Well, yeah, I wonder whether they have the same sort of casual response mm. or whether it would be a, mm. you know, a lockdown
0: jail. <laughs> almost well, a I, think, effect, see, I think polio is a, bac- a bacterial infection as yeah. opposed to viral. And so the reason it's coming back is because there's uh, antibiotic immunity Oh. Which is a problem all around the world because yeah. it's been oversubscri- over-prescribed and, and overused and, and the bugs, uh, super bugs are working ways are, around it. And so that's, it's not in Australia, I think it's mainly in, in Africa, it's pockets of Africa where, right. it's, where yeah. it's coming back a little bit. But it's, it's being monitored pretty closely. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a worry. Do you think that if we had exactly the same thing happen again, that there was another version of, another strain of COVID that came out, which they considered, say, as bad as Delta? Which was the back and the sort of, it wasn't the first version, it was a couple of versions in. It was, it was much more contagious and it was causing a lot of, um, you know, anyone with any sort of respiratory problems or pre existing respiratory problems were really in trouble if they got it, yeah. regardless of age. Do you reckon that they'd get away with the lockdowns that they did? You know, do you think that, that we would allow, do you think that it would be, yeah. we would cooperate as we did before? See, I, hindsight's
1: a fabulous thing. I, I would like to think that if that were to come about now, we wouldn't have the same, you know, knee-jerk reaction to what we, because we're better informed, and when I say we, I mean governments as well, uh, you'd hope that they'd be better informed now that we're, what, like five years on, mm. than they've... We're, we're f- four, three, four years, three and a half years three and a half on. Years, ...than they were when it first happened before. I, I, I feel... Uh, this is against everybody else in the world, I think. I feel a little bit for the government in as much as, when you bring a baby home and you shut the door, you're you're on your own and and you can only... So you get advice from mothers-in-laws or Mm. aunties or whatever. and So you take that advice until you're confident enough to make your own decisions. Mm, mm. And COVID to me was a little bit like that for the government. I reckon they were just getting bombarded with advice mm. and were trying to act on every bit of it mm. and they just stuffed it up. Mm. You know, instead mm. of somebody just running it for mm. them and they were trying, oh, well, they're doing that in England. Oh, we'll give that a try then. Yeah. And then uh, the Americans are doing, oh, ooh, really? Just letting in Texas, everybody's out and about. Yeah, all right, well, no, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. So I would like to think that if we had it now...
0: It'd be a bit more of a professional professional, measured... But but we
1: probably wouldn't need to go into a a hard lockdown like we did Mm. last time. And I would also like to think that people would be mature enough to go, you know what, I've got this, so I'm going to stay home for a couple of days. Mm. You know, I'm not going to go to work. Do the right thing.
0: I think the thing that really did make a big difference in Australia was that governments gave people money to not work yes so and and, and it, i mean there were some people who got paid more through that handout than they did <laughs> yes. when they were working quite a few people there was
1: friends of my daughters who was you know they're only working part-time yeah that, yeah
0: and, and it had all these weird effects i mean i still don't really quite understand why you know so because hospitality was shut down because obviously that that involves people getting together so you couldn't have that if, if there's a risk of, of, of yeah. COVID being spread around so that killed hospitality so all those people lost their jobs and got the payout, got the, the seven hundred and fifty bucks a week. Um, but then they didn't go back into it. That's the funny thing. So things got back to things are normalised and there's no restrictions now, and everyone goes you know, go to the pub and whatever. But a lot of places haven't got staff, yeah. you know, and 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 even things like I mean, you can understand it maybe with nursing. There's I believe there's still quite really bad shortages uh, in the in the um, health system, and that. Could easily be because there was such people just hit burnout, you know, people who just worked so hard dealing yeah. with the, the extra numbers of COVID and the, the sort of hardships of COVID and trying to, you know, trying to run a hospital, um, without spreading COVID around, you know, cause they had all these other diseases, which were always there, which, you know, didn't go away because COVID, but no. like COVID getting into a, a nursing home, if you get COVID into a hospital and all these people mm. who've got other things being dealt with, they're all really vulnerable mm. and it's a disaster. So it was, it was a pretty high pressure situation for people working in those environments
1: but so you go back to hospitality and this is a bugbear of mine i'm a chef by trade so i would worked in hospitality when i left school for probably probably, probably 13 or 14 years mm. and the people that got out of hospitality because there was no hospitality once their 750 dollars ran out they got other jobs now that might be at Maya selling clothes or it you know it could be a builder's labourer, or a- anything mm. and they went you know what i don't need to be working till 11 o'clock at night for 25 bucks an hour and having bosses whinching about paying me double time on a sunday and doing all that and i've adjusted my life enough to be comfortable with what i'm doing and stuff. catering's got a lot to answer to itself because the hospitality industry burns people it doesn't pay them particularly well. You can be working till 11, 12 at night. You know, when I was an apprentice chef, I used to I used to start at 8 in the morning and some days I wouldn't finish till midnight. Wow. And then I'd be back. We would work 28 days straight and have four days off rather than work six days and have one day
0: off. So you're doing 100-hour so weeks. Yeah, I was
1: on, I was on fifty an hour for the first 50 hours. And then $10 an hour for every hour after that. And each week I got overtime. So I loved it. I'm not complaining about it. I'm just saying that it is the sort of industry that, you know, it, if something forces you to make a life change, mm. I had a heart attack back in February and I didn't exercise much and I ate a lot of fatty foods and I did all that. I had that. And then I realized, you know what? I, I have to make the change. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew it was bad for me up till then, but until someone said, if you keep doing it, you're going to die, you go, I'll, I'll change everything. Mm-hmm. Hospitality is a bit like that. You love it. And then when you're not doing it, you go, oh, so this is what the kids look like when they're eating dinner at night mm-hmm. and nobody's abusing me because there's tomato sauce on there. Chips or there's no tomato sauce on their chips, and I'm really enjoying working nine to five Monday mm. to Friday, mm. or mm. finishing on a Saturday at three mm. or mm. whatever. Mm. So yeah, I think hospitality's got a lot to say. Oh, we can't get people to work for us. Well, that's because you know you're not a particularly mm. good industry for ninety percent of the people.
0: And now they well, you know that a lot of places, if you, if it's a school holiday or if it's a public holiday, all those days when there's a loading. They, uh, they just add 15%. To the, they, yeah. are, they either don't open or they add 15% yeah. to cover their costs. So there's, I mean, there's a whole bunch of reasons, I guess. You know, some of it's being imposed, I guess, from outside, like things like triple time and stuff. Maybe is less... I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you that, that people get, you know, work really long hours and, and odd hours and don't get paid that much compared with other jobs. So I get that. But also... If you can't, if it's not viable, because you've got to pay triple up time on oh, a particular day, yeah. then, then that makes it impossible to open your doors anyway. Yep, yeah, definitely, you
1: know, yeah. and that's another reason why if you're working in hospitality, you may not want to, because it's coming a public holiday, and um, you know, my daughter works in hospitality, and sometimes she doesn't find out until the day before if she's, you know, something casual, mm-hmm. if she's working. Yeah, so there's no there's certainty there's, about see, it there's anyway. There's no certainty about yeah. It yeah. either, so, yeah. um, you know, and I'm sure there's lots of jobs after COVID that people just looked at and went, "Yeah, I don't know, I reckon I can find... You know, the decision's been made for me. I can find something else I could do mm. now and, you know, give it a go. I'm brave enough to give it a go or give mm. it a try and, mm. and see how it goes, mm. you
0: know? It's funny, though, that, that you know, because, like, I think that, that sort of cycle happens anyway. People go through... It's a, your classic sort of uni job or your straight-out-of-school yeah. job. People would do it and then they'd go. They sort of evolve into something else, which was better hours and better pay, basically. Yes. But then the next rung of people would come up and, and take, take their positions. But for some reason, those younger people aren't filling them. They, they've got used to the $750, which was given to yep. them for nothing yeah, well, or something, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's a possibility too, That yeah.
1: they're just not, um, uh, you know, I said my daughter, she moved up to Queensland. She left here she arrived there on a Friday and she started work on that she's doing uni as well but started work on the Monday in, in hospitality which says to me that there was lots of jobs you know up there and mm-hmm. she works for a good worker who a good boss that every couple of months he you know throws a little staff party for them and, and you know looks after, looks after them yeah but yeah there's there's plenty that don't but I'm sure there was mechanics and People like that. All sorts of, of industries. Gone, all sorts of industries. People. Gone, let, I don't let, want to do this
0: left them and they're not going back. Yeah. You know, and that's and so you can actually sort of see it across the board. I mean, every every it seems that. you know, But three, our
1: unemployment is is only three percent. So where are they going? I know. <laughs> and, and
0: you wonder about. I mean, the unions are apparently arguing that that. Um, you, they want to. They want to change the way empl- unemployment is described. Actually, because I think to acknowledge. That there's increasing numbers of people who don't want to work, full stop. Right. And that's because they can get handouts. Basically. Right. Yeah. Um, although I, there's no way that you could be able to live on the dole No. Given the cost of living rises, because because oh, the, the, the it doll be hasn't horrendous. hasn't it hasn't tracked up with the equivalent. Yeah, I think
1: there'd be very few people It'd be very who hard to do that have elected to do that. Yeah. I think but uh, pa-
0: apparently that's what they're wanting to do is yeah. to, is to change the definition a little bit to to kind of take into account that that um, th- those people who don't want to or don't participate in the mm. even in the search. Interesting conversation, Brad. I, I suppose I was kind of intrigued because I used to do a, a regular weekly radio program on COVID. And so I did kind of follow it through. And it's interesting to, to listen to it, listen to it back because you can hear from your tone of voice and you can, you know, your, the actual subject that's been been covered. There was a lot of frustration. There was a lot of, you know, gee, is this effective? Yeah. Um, you know, there were doctors who were saying, you know, that the that the uh, the, the, the cure was worse than the disease. The lockdown cure was was worse worse mental, than the disease mental, itself. Mental yeah, event, mental health. Yeah, Kids right. not going to school. Yeah. You know, just that that sort of real like, um, you, you know, you're being you're going to be confined to your house, and it's it's a really historic thing in a way. I mean, it never happened before. No. On that sort of scale, not in any of our lives. No, that is
1: true. Yeah. And,
0: we are yet to actually really get the full analysis of what happened. You know, we, that, that hasn't gone, no one's gone there yet. Probably because the politicians, Dan Andrews, for example, is still in power. Mm-hmm. So there's not really a, a much appetite in terms of, you know, the, the, the powers that be in really having a hard empirical look at what the response was, how effective and appropriate it was, what were the consequences of doing what they did and how could they have done things better? I mean, you mentioned before, you know, what, what could have been done better and how could they have taken the available information? Cause obviously Australia being further away, we got to see the effects of the pandemic overseas. We were maybe, I don't know, a few months behind mm. in terms of the, the effects or maybe even more, maybe six months, but we were able to, so we were, we, we kind of had a benefit potentially of, of seeing lessons from overseas. But didn't seem to help us much. No. Uh, and if anything, we were just flooded. We had information overload, and, and and sort of didn't know how to interpret any of it. Yeah,
1: there's a bit of sky is falling. Yeah, running but I mean, I center. think that's what happens. Is when you know
0: eventually there's going to be a proper analysis, a bit like you know when they do the I don't know the doco about who shot Kennedy. I mean, maybe that's not a good example because it was it's still really unclear who did shoot Kennedy. That, that eventually there will be, I imagine, a proper look at. And how it was responded to. I mean I think there should be actually because well, I, I think it should be just so we can learn from yeah, it. Yeah, because it that's, doesn't have to be finger pointing yeah, or yeah. because it's done now. Yeah. There's not
1: a lot we we can't undo. No, you can't it. undo it. No. It's, it's done. But, but so they do
0: say that there's it's highly likely there'll be another pandemic. And and we're we're living in an era when that's more and more likely because of the way that we eat food, or the way that food's produced, or you know the the possibility of, of um, you know bugs switching over from from human, from animals to humans. That's that's more likely, not yeah. less likely. And obviously, development of biological weapons and the, the possibility of leakage and all that sort of stuff. But getting to the bottom of all that and having it done in a way that people actually accept the conclusions yeah because it's and, and that and that in itself may be an insurmountable um, obstacle because there's so it's such a loaded question was it released was it did it did it, did it get leaked from a lab well seems now that the consensus is no it didn't. But, you know, the Chinese slapped big trade uh, penalties on Australia for even suggesting that Mm. or even supporting an investigation of that, Mm. you you know. Which
1: makes you think, oh, they've got something to hide. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they're just a proud nation who didn't want to be accused of... Yeah, yeah, that's right. But now because
0: because we've realised that that really didn't get us anywhere and that we weren't, there was no way of getting to the bottom of that and confirming that that, um, accusation, Uh, we weren't allowed to get to the bottom of it, perhaps. That there was it was there was really no point in pursuing that one. So that was just a you know dead end to pursue. So
1: just going back to what you were saying, you, you had almost a weekly chat right. about. Yeah, yeah. Was is there one thing that you look back at now to three years ago, which is hard? Mm. Is there one wow factor thing that you learnt over that, or that that surprised you, or that you look back now and think, well? that... That was never going to work. Is there, is there something? Yeah, there's,
0: there's a few. I mean, I, I do admit to being uh, pretty frustrated with the way that it was handled by the government in Victoria. I did look at other states. Cause I've got a sister who lives in New South Wales uh, and friends down in Tassie, as I mentioned before. And they didn't have the same experience that we went through in, in Greater Melbourne with the, the Ring of Steel. Yeah and the curfews and the 5k rules and all that sort of stuff. And the kids did miss a lot less school. So those were kind of underlying frustrations that I had with what was going on. But I got in touch with a a group of doctors and they had a thing called the COVID Doctors Network, which which was uh, a bunch of very senior specialist doctors in Melbourne who yeah you know, I think there was started off being you know nine of them or something that signed an open letter to the governments to the oh, to the Prime that? Minister, yes, to yeah. the Premier and and the Minister for Health uh, saying that the the cure, your cure, is worse than the disease because of the side effects of of prolonged lockdown. Yeah. And this is what you should be doing. And this is our, our dispassionate belief in, you know, in the, the the severity of the disease, the best way to approach it in, in management, that sort of thing and their numbers went from nine on the, the, the day that it was signed to i think within a week it was it was over 400 doctors in right. in Melbourne yeah and i think around australia as well one thing that really struck me was that it took them months to even get an audience with anyone that the premier refused to meet them to even respond to their okay. um yep. their, their input their, their request to be to be heard to be listened to in a medical emergency i mean if you don't if, as a government, you don't, you're not prepared to talk to those people. That's then who face the, as well. Then who the hell do you take your advice from? Yeah. So that was something, you know, you asked me, that was something that definitely struck me as odd, mm. as, as very odd. And I think it was, I suppose it goes back to what, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying the government had some evil thing that they just wanted to lock people up and it's turned them on or it gave them a buzz or something like that. I don't think that's it's not the case at all. But I think that. I think that they were, they were a little bit flippant or trigger happy in their preparedness to lock people down without due regard for the consequences of doing it. It had to be a balanced response. It, it couldn't be all one side, which is let's prevention, 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 versus, um, okay, well, let's, let's, let's consider if we don't, if we're a little bit more flexible and we let you know, kids go to school or we let yeah. more freedom exist, that they'll that that will be that that may increase the risk of of, of uh, transmission a little bit, but we have to allow that because we do actually want to have a free society. Mm. So I think that certain governments were more were more reluctant to lock people down because of that regard for basic freedom than other governments.
1: See, so I found it quite difficult that we're a federation. Yeah. <laughs> But we were pretty much individual countries. Yes, that's COVID. right, and absolutely. That's when we should have all come together. Yeah,
0: and we didn't, and that was a weakness of our constitution, which was exposed um, through the pandemic. It was right. discovered. It was discovered that you know states actually had the ability to you know you, you could could override the federal system, and in a way the the feds became almost sidelined. They had these. Um, Heads of government meetings, or something that they had in Canberra, the, the um, national cabinet meetings, which were the premiers of the states and territories, and and the prime minister sitting around a table. But he had to the prime minister had to have them there, so it showed the weakness of the federal system actually, mm-hmm. and okay. it went and that's been, and that actually originates from the the um, each state of Australia being a, a, an individual colony. So at first it was New South Wales, then it was whatever um, Tasmania, and Victoria, and so on. And and they it was only federation that that unified them under a government. Prior to that, they were they were functioning as separate entities. Separate I
1: I'd like to think that if it were to happen again, that we'd all learn from each other as well. You know, it seemed to me that during the pandemic, there was no New South Wales are trying. You know, like the New South Wales health minister ringing up our health minister or whoever was in charge and saying, "Hey, look, we've noticed." This, we're doing this and it seems to be working. Maybe it's something you should look at or vice versa. They did do that a little bit. I
0: think that because you know, the yeah. New South Wales had better contact tracing. They used a different technology, I think, than what was what was used in Victoria. And I actually interviewed a guy who works in um, IT and, and he actually pitched for the Victorian app right. the business you know, the the, the, the job of, of yeah. creating the app which was the thing you had in your phone yep. that, you know, scanned your QR codes yeah. and he told me it's going to fail. Yeah. He said, they've got the data anyway. Facebook's got the data anyway. Facebook and Google have that data anyway because they're tracking you through your phone.
1: Yeah. It's interesting you say that. It, I remember years and years and years ago when we were, they were talking about bringing out the identity card. Mm. And we had a police uh, commissioner in the radio station that we were chatting to and said, Does it worry you that everybody's against it? He goes, No. Oh, really? Why not? He said, Because what people don't realise is as the phone technology gets better and better, we'll just be able to use that to trust you. We don't need a car. You know, cars, that's a waste of money and time.
0: He said, You're going to do the work for us. We don't need to. And, And so then the issue was, and we discussed this, this IT guy and I. So, why doesn't the government just go to Google and say you've got the data we need the data on movement and yeah. we can match it up with infection rates and we can therefore track the virus or help it help it'll help us track the virus and control the spread and his answer was that they're American companies and they're not inclined to share information that way they value it because it's got commercial value they're not trying to use it to control disease they're trying to use it to sell products yeah and to target marketing Target advertising, so it's sort of asking someone who's got the who's got this great way of making money to share it. I don't think any government anywhere in the world went patient. there.
1: No. no, one went there. And I suppose the other thing for them is, you know, they don't. They probably they and Google and they don't really want us to know the extent of the information they've got. Yeah. And if if you're getting a phone call from uh, the government to say, "Oh look, you're a Woolworths the other day and there's been an outbreak, you were there between 10 o'clock and two o'clock and then I go, how do you know? Yeah. You
0: know Google, <laughs> yeah. what? I, really? You know, so yeah. Your credit card yeah because you went to the supermarket market, yeah. yeah i mean i, I just think that it, it, it's amazing and we all forget because it's like anything you know if you had a bad experience your brain has a way of just sort of deselecting and de-emphasizing bad memories you, mm. you shunt them away and you forget yeah. about them whereas if it's something that is a really positive you feel good about it or you feel happy about it then you're more inclined to remember it we do collectively have a way and individually have a way of of just forgetting th- shit basically that yeah. happens and so we've all forgotten the, you know, just how, sort of, how intrusive the rules were on our lives. And, and, and in hindsight, really, in a way, how amazing it is that everyone cooperated as much as they did. And yes, as you said earlier, the, the camaraderie and the, the um, care and consideration about each other and, and most people doing the right thing out of, fundamentally out of, out of care and consideration for their fellow man was a, was a nice thing. That mm. came out, and a good thing to see, and maybe that's the answer to uh, you know why we're Australians, this supposedly bunch of sort of free thinking people, is prepared to toe the line. Well, because they because they believe they bought the idea that this is this is for the for your fellow man. You're doing yeah. it for everyone's safety. You're doing the right thing, and and there was this annoyance. There was in some cases there was rage that you know if you if your neighbours are having a party, and it's the middle of lockdown. You know, what the hell are you doing you're endangering us
1: yeah what so, about my family so when you know, we came not not we came but there was a lot more yeah you know,
0: which was called an australian yeah and interestingly all those fines that were issued for people who broke the rules so you just someone's just said i oh, bugger this i'm just going to go driving wherever i want you know this is a free country i don't buy any of this there are plenty of people who like who like that like it was a five thousand dollar fine what are you doing you don't excuse you're outside curfew you're outside the hours And you're outside your 5k and you're not exercising, you've got no legitimate reason for being here. So here's your 5000 dollars fine. See you later. None of those were none of those. No one had to pay those fines. I don't know what happened to anyone who was unfortunate enough to have paid them already. I don't know whether they got their money back, but I know the vast majority of them have just been disregarded or written off or whatever. And that I think is actually a good thing. Oh, for sure. because, Because it's because it's sort of it's accepting that look, we did what we had to, it was pretty draconian. And we did it, um, and it, and it had an effect. It, it had a, it, it, it served its purpose. But we're not gonna, we're not gonna you for five grand, yeah. okay? But if you happen to have paid, it, it's a bit unfair to those people who do pay it. <laughs> yeah, you you know. Do you get it back? You know, can you ask for it back because no one else paid it? I actually know of a guy who drove around with a copy of the Australian Constitution in his glove box, and it had the page open, the relevant page that you know I'm allowed to go wherever I want, and um, and he just said to the police, and the police said, well, that's great, but here's your fine. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and he just, and he, and he, and I don't think he did get, he got done at least once, five grand fine, refused to pay it and hasn't paid it. He just said, I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. I don't, I'm just going to drive everywhere. He just went all over the place. Yeah. Anyway. Strange times. Strange times and good to be out of them. Yes. Uh, but I think that, um, I do think it's important that there is a, eventually a proper, review of, of how it was handled and proper lessons to be learned. I'm not sure whether that we'll ever get that because there may be so many political controversies and whatever that, that flow or effects or finger-pointing or whatever that it just won't be allowed to happen properly. Mm. I mean, the Victorian government had the code inquiry, which was into how, how it leaked out of quarantine. That did nothing, really. No. You know, that was, a, that was a, effectively a cover-up. They appointed a, a favourable... Judge to, to chair it, and nothing overly critical was said.
1: Yeah. So so what what we have to do is go back to what we said to the Chinese. We're not blaming you. We just want to know how this happened. Mm. So the Victorian and isn't it in all of our interests, including yeah, so, the Chinese. So you know, the Australian or well, Victorian government as well have to go. Yeah. We're not we're not we're not blaming you. We're not pointing fingers. We just want to know what happened so that it's it's in all of our interests that it doesn't happen again. Mm. You, you're right. No, that's
0: just. You know, it's hard to see it's that just happening artists, yeah, and the longer in, in a way i mean the longer it goes the longer the time elapses between the yeah. pandemic and that happening the less likely it's going to happen well as you
1: imagine, that stuff gets lost
0: people and, can just get forgotten and or, forgotten and you know and you know, we, we are a
1: nation of double oh, back, we'll just move forward yeah uh, i think that's
0: i think that's it and i mean i think that's that's the reason why um Dan Andrews got re-elected in November twenty-two. Because you'd reckon that having had three terms already and presided over the longest cumulative lockdowns of any city in the world, that the opposition must have had a fair chance of knocking him over. Oh, you think. But so? they didn't because they didn't campaign on the past. No. Because they because the thinking was that it was ancient, it was history, and people wanted a positive message about the future rather than a negative message about the past. But unfortunately that's the way politics works. No, yeah, exactly. You know?
1: Well well then but then by the same token, poor old Winston Churchill saw, you know, England through the Second World War and then the first election afterwards,
0: <laughs> you should just gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for thanks for saving our asses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now yeah. get the hell out of here. Yeah, take yours and get out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks very much, Brad McKenzie. It's uh, been a, it's been uh, a pleasure. <laughs> and uh, we'll hopefully do it again soon.